Welcome to the Global Dance Network podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Smolik, and I invite you to join the conversation with artists who are passionate about inspiring and equipping you for whatever sphere you find yourself in. From tour life, battling insecurity and fear, to finding joy within the art form of dance, Carly Ballot is sure to help and encourage you right where you're at today. Okay, welcome to our podcast today, Carly. Nice to have you. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to, I guess, just ask you a few questions about your life because our listeners would love to hear who you are and where you grew up and um, how your life relates to dance and how you even came onto this GDN team. So my first question is, how did you get into dancing? Um, my mom put me in ballet class when I was three years old. And then I started competition dance when I was seven, I believe. One of my teachers asked my mom if I could be in a competition piece. And then from age seven on to age 17, I did competition. And then I started assisting and teaching and moved out to L.A. Mm -hmm. to do the whole thing professionally. Did you always want to do that, move to L.A., or did that kind of just happened as you grew older and you were like I really love this this is what I want to do um there was a phase when I was a preteen that I absolutely hated dancing I hated having to put my ballet tights on and my (laughs) leotard and to go to class I just wanted to hang out with my friends after school and my mom just pushed me to keep going um and then once I got to like 16 I fell back in love with it again and uh, then um, <laughs> so you um, yeah you f- fell back in love with dance and thought I'm just going to move to LA on my own yeah I had um, I had some girls that were I always danced with girls that were a little bit older than me so a couple of them graduated two years before I did and they moved out to L.A. So I mm-hmm. kind of knew, that was kind of my path that I knew it was possible yeah. to do. But I had never envisioned myself doing it. Even my mom says to this day, she's like, I never, ever thought that you would do that. Mm-hmm. I could never do it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they just kind of um, cleared the path for me. I knew it was possible. So then I just, I worked at Pizza Hut <laughs> for a year as a waitress after high school saved up five grand and I just did it yeah so what was that like at the beginning was it what you had expected anticipated was it better or worse no I hated it (laughs) I absolutely hated it I was from a very small town in Michigan it was all lakes and nature and peace and (laughs) just quiet space and I was so used to that I had a cornfield as my backyard um so when I got to L.A. Everything was a building, everything was... I remember going to the park to try and find quiet space for my mind, and you could just hear the freeway, you could hear people yelling, there were, like, crazy people running the streets, and it was just not... I could not find my peace Mm -hmm. in L.A., and I hated it. I remember I used to go home, and I would just cry to my mom, like, I don't want to go back, I don't... I just want to stay here, let me move home. Mm. And she and I had made an agreement that... I would go for one year, and if I didn't make things happen, book a job, then I would come back home and go to college, Mm -hmm. which I I had always wanted to go to school, too, Um, 
but I obviously couldn't afford both. I was on my own financially for everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I booked a job after it was like ten or eleven months. Wow. So it was right almost, at the end. Yeah. yeah. Which God always the eleventh hour like that. Yeah. Absolutely for me. Um, but yeah, it was right at the end, and then ever since then, actually, I went another year after the first job that I booked until my second booking and then after that one it was like consistent work after that but I those first two years were so so rough so then what made you actually stick it through and not just go I quit I'm out of here I'm coming home yeah good question (laughs) I don't know Mm. um I I went through a lot of transitions a lot of different people in my life um I think once I finally found my community mm. and my even just simple things like the restaurants that I liked and I got mm-hmm. used to the roads and the you know I got to explore different areas and I just got comfortable um with my surroundings and I I had some good friends and um then I finally found my church, which yeah. was, like, the absolute breaking point. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I'll tell you that story, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. I um, grew up in church, and I went to this different church with my friends in high school to go to youth group. Um, and they would always play Hillsong music, and I absolutely fell in love. I ended up downloading all of it. I, um, that was, like, my first introduction into who I see Jesus as now Mm -hmm. and who, and what my relationship is like now. That was kind of the first taste of, oh, this is different from how I grew up. It's not religion. It's not rules. It's, like, real and tangible. So I loved, um, their music. Yeah. And I was just always inspired by it. So I was in L.A., when I first moved out to L.A., I was looking for churches. I tried a bunch of different churches that were a lot like a Hillsong vibe, but I just didn't feel the genuine connection. Um, and then I just kind of was on a lost spree for about a year. Mm. And randomly one day I woke up and I said, okay, I need to fill this void. Yeah. Um, let me just look up Hillsong Concerts. Let me see if they're playing a concert in L.A. It's Los Angeles. They have to be doing something here at some point in my life. Yeah. See if they have a conference or something. And I look online. The first thing that comes up on Google is Hillsong L.A. Church. Right. And it was starting that week, that oh, wow. Sunday at the Blasco Theater. It was yeah. like the first Sunday there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so this right. is like where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah. ever since finding that and then eventually finding my community through that that's like really 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 the only reason it feels like sometimes why I have stuck it out mm-hmm. you know like, mm-hmm. yeah. and what's yeah it's that that helped you through I guess um so right now you're on tour um tell us a little bit who you're on tour with and what that experience is like yeah um I'm on tour with a Puerto Rican artist his name is Cheyenne I've been on tour with him for a year now, and I just 
auditioned. I knew a few people who had been on tour with him before, um, and I love those people, so I was like, it must be a great gig. Mm-hmm. Auditioned. Actually, this was my second year auditioning for this job. I got cut the year before, um, and then I made it this year, and it's been great. He's an amazing artist to work for. I've always been blessed mm. to work for like really incredible people. Yeah. Um, just as humans. And yeah, it's been great. We've been all over South America, Mexico, the islands, basically anywhere that speaks Spanish. <laughs> Have you learned some Spanish along the way? Uh, un poquito. <laughs> un poquito. <laughs> um, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so how do you think knowing Jesus or serving him impacts your dancing? Hmm. And has that maybe changed over time? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I never saw... Let me think how I'm going to answer this. Uh, when I was young... I always had a connection to lyrical dancing, contemporary dancing, anything that was just, like, really emotional. Mm. And even if it was, like, a heartbreak song and I would improv to it, like, I just always felt some kind of heart connection um, in my dancing. But I also just always felt like there was a wall that it stopped at. Like, Mm. I couldn't push past that just emotional feeling and then that was it and then you know that was kind of the end of the road to that um and then I remember the first time I danced for Jesus on a stage was at Hillsong Conference the first year that I did it and I cannot even explain the feeling that I had in my heart it was complete breakthrough Mm. from what I was just describing it was Mm -hmm. like I got to that point but then my heart just burst open Mm. and it was like the most euphoric high I have ever felt and it um it absolutely changed my life I knew that Mm. after that I wanted to be a part of that forever Mm -hmm. yeah and I wanted, like, that was the most incredible feeling I have ever felt. So I, um, I love to be able to bring that mm-hmm. to other people. Mm-hmm. And I love, I can always tell when someone else is feeling that same joy in their yeah. heart. Yeah. You just see it, like, it just radiates like mm-hmm. nothing else. And I've never seen that on stage to that capacity. I've never seen that on stage with an artist or you know, in a music video or at a competition. Mm. I've never seen that kind of joy that I experienced, even at our workshop in L.A., just watching the girls dance, and I knew that in their heart they had that same joy radiating. Like, it's just, it's something, like, unlike anything else. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, So... We're really blessed that you're part of our team, and we recently went to Puerto Rico last week, actually, which was a lot of fun and crazy times. Mm -hmm. Um, What what did you like about being part of that? And I guess because you actually said to me when you saw yourself 
um, on the highlights video, you didn't realize you were so full of joy and smiling the whole time, and turns out you were actually just loving it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I just and even seeing the kids' faces too, like it was so impacting for me. Um, I think my favorite thing about going to Puerto Rico was the culture experience mm. and how they are so different, especially to Los Angeles dancers yeah, that yeah. I see all the time that, um, you know, we're very, um, what's the word? Um, we're just not, we're not eager because we have everything at our mm. fingertips. Mm-hmm. We, um, take everything for granted. Yeah. We just think that we deserve everything. Yeah. That's right in front of us. And these kids just were the most hungry mm. kids for, for anything that yeah, you had yeah. to offer them. Whether it was a talk or a class or a style yeah. or even just a moment mm-hmm. to speak with them. Like they were so grateful for absolutely everything and yeah. you could just tell that they don't take anything for granted Mm -hmm. and like my classes specifically were hip-hop and jazz funk and they had never experienced those styles Mm -hmm. in their lives Mm -hmm. and just to see them like practicing yeah outside on their breaks or like in class getting ready for the next just practicing the combos that we taught the day before like that was my favorite part (laughs) yeah yeah, it was pretty special. Mm-hmm. And I think we, like, in the industry world, have a lot to learn from that and to yeah. take away from that. And why do you think that is? Why do you think in places like L.A., um, where I guess you do still have to work really hard to make it, mm-hmm. um, but there seems to be, like, such huge competition and, I don't know, like, yeah, just this power battle between different dancers and Mm -hmm. I think most of it comes from insecurity fear of being judged I know that like these the kids in Puerto Rico or even in LA they danced and they did not care at all Mm -hmm. what people thought about Mm -hmm. them in LA and I think a lot of it is because we're so invested in you know the social media comparisons of every aspect of ourselves um we are just so insecure and we're afraid that if we do anything full out or anything too much or Mm. anything too little Mm. that someone because usually someone does always say something yeah we're afraid that someone is gonna speak against it or even give you a look or not want to hire you because you're associated with other people who Mm go all out or do crazy things or you know what I mean like people just talk and people are harsh (laughs) yeah and we are so insecure because of that and we're so afraid to be judged I mean I know I deal with that personally all the time even posting on my Instagram about God like I have lost so many followers Mm -hmm. and people in the dance scene just because it's too much Mm. it's like if you do anything more than what is in the box mm. and what is normal, 
then you're, you know, you're too much for people mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they're insecure in themselves. And, you know, we all struggle with that. But I think that these kids in other places are with different mindsets. Um, they just know that this is a one-time opportunity. Yeah. They're not going to have it again. They know that... Um, I, I don't know. They just... They don't need to compare themselves mm. because they know that it's base. It's like a life or death situation. Yeah. You give it your all, yeah. or you never get to experience it again. Mm. I love that. Yeah. This leads very well into my next question, because um, you were talking about being insecure and people are afraid to be themselves. And earlier we were chatting, and one of your friends said, "You are." someone who always says just be yourself like just be yourself be you do you type thing mm-hmm. um have you always been like that and yeah what what's your thoughts on that well like me my reaction was earlier it's easy to give advice and <laughs> way harder to take it yourself um i think that you know i I always will encourage people to to be themselves and to just go for it and to um, just, you know, chase after exactly what they want. Um, for me, I... It doesn't come very easily for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. to just be who I am and to just do what I want. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it does, but that's just me looking oh, from absolutely. an outside perspective. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think for me, my biggest inspiration or confidence boost was, um, like I told you before, I was so shy. I didn't speak until I was like six years old mm. growing up. Like I was always looked at as the shy, quiet one. Um, and my, any kind of boldness or confidence came from God putting me in a position of leadership, Mm -hmm. um, to where I never thought that I should be, but it's almost like when you open your arms to him, he just, he just puts you in these crazy positions and you kind of just roll with it. And then these amazing, like miracles come out of it. Mm -hmm. So I was put in a leadership position very quickly um, by God. And through that, I was forced to be bold. I was forced to be confident. I was forced to have to speak into others' lives, which made me kind of get my life together Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I didn't want to be someone that was, you know, speaking to people and not having um, a good heart to base it off Mm. of. Um, so yeah, I think that my, any kind of confidence that I have, like I said, comes from God just placing me in, in the roles that I actually now realize that are for me, Yeah. you know? Yeah. But it's, like I said... God works in funny ways. Yeah. In ways that we don't sometimes or often want or understand or... Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Um... I, I don't know. I see you as a... 
Okay, actually backtracking last year when you taught for us the first time in LA, mm-hmm. um, you taught this song called Warriors, Warrior, um, and I think it actually best describes you as a woman and mm-hmm. in terms of like obviously the the song and the movement was really empowering but mm-hmm. I think you were passionate about it because it actually comes naturally to you to empower women and young girls and yeah I don't know if you realize that but mm-hmm. it's beautiful so actually to finish off I would love if you can pray for our listeners and especially those who maybe are shy and mm-hmm. feel insecure and are trying to figure out who they are and what God wants them to do and yeah that would be great yeah of course alright um, dear Lord first of all I just want to thank you for this opportunity to speak and thank you for giving me a voice to do so um, I want to specifically pray for those girls or boys that um, feel a little bit underneath the shadows and I just want to pray that they would be encouraged and that they would realize that the shadow that they feel they are under is created by themselves. I pray that they realize that you have called them to the same positions that you have called those that they see as leaders, Lord. I just pray that um, they would realize that your dreams, their dreams, are tangible and that they can make them happen. God, you know that I had wild dreams and I don't know how I got here, but you brought me here and you gave me the confidence to just say yes. God, I pray that these men and women, girls and boys would just have the confidence to say yes. You know that um, when we step out in boldness, your miracles can happen and we can have the desires of our hearts, Lord. We know that you want to create joy in us Mm -hmm. and I just pray for these people who need that little step of faith. I pray that you will give them the same boldness and the same confidence that you gave me to step up and take the throne. Thank you for everything that you have given to us. I thank you for what you are already doing in their lives, Lord. I thank you for um, this global dance network that you can speak to people all around the world and that you can bring the gift of dance to countries and cultures and languages everywhere. Um, And I just pray that you would continue to do your work through these girls, through this network, and continue to grow it. I just thank you for letting me be a part of this. Love you, and in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thanks for the chat. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We trust you are inspired and equipped to take your next step. Be sure to hit subscribe and follow us on social media to stay connected with all things GDN.